Relax and get loose while I put you up on game. The figure booth with Josh and Nate. This that podcast folk. Those in the know. Batman vs. Iron Man. How would it go? We talking one of a kind. Collectibles. Mezco toys are respectable. It's unacceptable. If it's not in the packaging, Nate don't take pics if you ain't rapping it. Nate's dirty tricks are always happening. But damn it, man. Don't you be stressing round here. We believe in plastic confessions. We trying to figure out the figures that's gonna stand the test of time. That GI Joe handmade hit me in the spine. There's perfection in the way that these toys are made. But I also wanna know do I pick Wade or Slade? So this is where I come to kick it with the guys. The figure booth. Like, comment, and subscribe. What is up, Toy Fam? Welcome back. You have made it to another episode of The Figure Booth. I am your host, Josh, a.k.a. Prime to the First. Hey, guys. This is Nate, a.k.a. Figure Fan underscore Nate, and you've reached episode 42, which we're calling The Build. The Build. We're calling all builders. I need, like, a conch so I can blow. Builders <laughs> assemble. <laughs> yeah, you need, like, uh, the Lord of the Rings horn, where he's calling in go. the army. One to join them all. Calling all builders and customizers to the figure go. booth. And so, yeah, we're, and, uh, this is, <clears throat> go ahead. No, I was going to say, small little mini disclosure. I'm fighting this freaking Unicron cough <laughs> that may or may not come across. So you may hear me coughing. Um, I'm going to try to control that and keep that under, under wraps because it's been messing me up these last couple of days. Yeah, Prime's been battling the vid. Yeah. Um, or maybe not, because I know you say I, you took a test and it came back yeah. negative. Everything shows negative. Like, what the hell I else have, could it be? Man, like this cough is kicking my ass. That's yeah. the last thing that's that's hanging on to me. It's just I've had my ups and downs where, man, it's just I have cough attacks. But aside from that, I'm doing really good. You know, just just this get, can't get rid of this damn dry cough. Yeah, that's awful. And it's going around, man. Everybody's getting sick. And I, I you know, I know mm-hmm. we're not talking about this, but I'm yeah. thinking about like those at home tests, like. You know, I think those might be not 100% accurate all the time, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. I've, I've taken a couple myself and they came back negative. But I know a friend that took it came back negative and you end up actually taking another one and came back positive. So yeah. I don't know. I hope you don't have it. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's very prevalent right now. It's going around like crazy. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> don't don't say its name three times or else I'll start coughing. <laughs> Yeah, so if, if uh, Josh does a little bit of coughing, just excuse the poor man. Yeah. He's, he's doing his best. Bear with me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the build. So we're talking really about customizers, dio builders. And I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe want to start doing something like that. Yeah. And they feel a little lost or overwhelmed or intimidated by the process. And I'm kind of one of them, you know, where yeah. I've. I've known you and I know a lot of others like Mario and Mike and so many other people in the community, 78 points of articulation, just tons of uh, dial makers out there that, yeah, uh, you know, Terraformer, Grime City, oh, yeah. making all kinds of just crazy stuff like little props and just stuff that I wish that I would be able to make. And yeah. whether it's foam or 3D printing or laser cut or whatever the case may be, maybe it's out of wood, like a, some yeah. of the stuff that you do. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. So like, I guess that's the first thing. Like when you're wanting to get into customizing, how do you know where to start or what, what to focus in on? You know, and I'm, it, I'm asking prime lies. Yeah. You know, you're kind it, of the resident expert here. 
and a lot of times like i really started with what was most easier for me to access you know and what was everybody using and i think the very first step is, is that is just accessing foam whether it's from the dollar store that poster board and experimenting with that or using that xps foam that everyone uses from the local hardware store whether it's home depot or lowe's you know um and just messing with that using your basic simple tools and just sketching out your ideas i think it's really crucial to sketch out what you want to make first because i think that's where I, I learned a lot of my lessons first is i'd grab some xps foam and a lot of times i started out with just the project panels they're two by two um and it's like five bucks and i was like okay i can make a nice decent uh diorama background for my shots and i'll start with that and i just started cutting away like just an exacto knife and a ruler and just cutting it up right um but if you really don't have a clear set path of what is it that you want to build whether it's an alley or you know practicing brick making um it's it's really taking those type of steps and be like okay what is it that i want to build i want to like i want to build a brick wall and then just sketching out how what type of brick wall there's so many different types of designs that you can do like the cinder blocks you can do like i've done brick walls and when i was really into heavy dial making i, I would like to always switch it up and not just do the, the basic brick wall that you always see i i would always like like to have uh walls with larger almost to make it seem like they're made out of cinder blocks instead of just regular mm -hmm. bricks and then and then put some bricks in there like a some type of contrast where it's like a lot of gray and reds right yeah it's like some variation because yeah. you know if you look at a brick wall outside it's not perfect yeah it's going to have some kind of variation in color and shape and you know there's maybe some chips here and there or right. marks on the wall that kind of stuff yeah. so I, that's a good point to make you want to make it look realistic and not so clean and a lot of times like i would sketch it out really on a, on a sketch piece of paper and just really try to add as much detail as i could whether it was vents and even though at that point i didn't know exactly how i was going to make them because a lot of the times it's, it was before I had 3D printers or resin printer or any of that stuff. I was just like, I want to, and I, a lot of it, I would make it out of foam, but I wouldn't worry about how am I going to make this? I'll get to that bridge when I cross yeah. it. You know, I'll, I'll cross it when I get to that bridge. So a lot of times I would just sketch out everything. Okay, it's going to have, you know, some some pipes here. It's going to have some drainage. It's going to, and just sketch out everything. Because then once you sketch it out, you're like, okay, that's, is that a, is that a possible goal for me? Or is that, am I reaching like too much? And then if I was... Yeah kind of getting out of my element, then I would reach out to those dial makers that have been doing it longer than I have. And I'm like, hey, how do you do this? How do you make this type of effect? Or I'd go on YouTube. There's a bunch of resources out there that dial makers, dial makers put out their work and they show you that there's a ton of tutorials. And I would watch like terrain makers. I would watch uh, train, the the guys that do the train stuff. Oh, um, yeah, sometimes I just watch like just people paint or artists painting like either head sculpts or statues just to learn about dry brushing and um, like rock formation, all that stuff. So a lot of it, it was just spent research, just watching. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what they do. They do first black, then, you know, they go from dark color and then build your way up to a light color and then dry brushing. And dry brushing, well, if you don't know at, how to go about it at all very first, it's very like you think you're like, oh, this looks good. But then as you start to learn, you're like, less is, is always a whole lot more. And then you can mm -hmm. add different layers of color and it's crazy how sometimes choosing the right color and adding very little to it the subtleties and like especially when it comes to rock or brick yeah. if you add a little bit of pink or greens it really makes it pop even though it's it's very small and you're like i don't see a difference but then when you take a picture or you you hit the you hit it with the light 
you're like, oh, look, the green's popping, or it looks like moss, or that yeah, pink yeah. makes the cement look more great. It gives it more of a natural effect. And it's really interesting how certain colors really play well with each other, and you would have never think to mix pink and, and yellows with, with your grays or your blacks, you know? So mm -hmm. I really learned about, like, different different shades of the colors, but how to apply them to and, and in which order to work in. So this way you get that right result. So it was a lot of trial error. And sometimes you'd, I'd make these rocks and a lot of it was just like practicing um, dry brushing. And it was like, oh, this is crap. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd watch a video and I'm like, oh, that's how they did it. Like they first applied this color, then they worked backwards, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so like you I, kind of apply that base coat. <clears throat> and, then, yeah. and then to your point, you're kind of adding more colors on top of that to sort of get where you want but mm -hmm. don't like overcoat it in the paint you just want subtle changes so that yeah. you're kind of building a color throughout yeah. the different layers and then yeah. like you said you know when you're looking at something and you're kind of turning around your head you start to see all these little subtle differences yeah just because you're built all those colors on top of each other so you're building that layer and kind of the detail and yeah, you're, you know, you're whether it's grimy or something. And you're building like a bunch of different skills. Because one, I think for like those stepping into, hey, I want to make my first style, you're going to start learning a lot, a ton of skills. It's it's nothing but up. The minute you decide, hey, I want to start making my own dials, it's nothing but up. It is a steep hill, but you're going to learn how to do specific cuts. You're going to learn how to cut brick. And then you're going to make your own bricks. Like some guys like clean bricks and they do like immaculate brick work. And then later down the road, you can have machines do it for you. Like now I don't, I hate brickwork. I just have my CNC do it for me. But then you can, I got to a point where I used to love like uh, rubble or like damaged brick. I didn't want clean mm -hmm. brick. I wanted like bullet holes. I wanted cracked brick. And then you get to know and you get to discover like using uh, an X-Acto knife and just going in and letting, kind of letting, letting your hand just kind of guide your, your cracks. You to kind of develop mm -hmm. your own style. Some guys have a really natural way of putting cracks out on cement or bricks and others have a really distinct distinctive way of doing the cracks where <clears throat> excuse me um they're they're larger so it looks like it's been through, like through an earthquake or damage or battle damage you know yeah um yeah. so it, it's learning that process how to cut the foam and then knowing which way to um angle the blade it gives you what type of cut you know sometimes you can go for that natural the rock just broke or it got shot with something all depend on how you how you twist the knife and how you twist the blade. And then from there, you can start to learn how to paint. And then a lot of guys have their preference. They stick to those uh, city colors where it's just like grays and reds. And others kind of differ to more of a natural where there's a lot of earth tones, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and even with painting, it, that's a whole process, finding the right type of paints, finding the right type of brushes. For me, uh, I started out buying really expensive brushes and that was horrible because I was such a novice that I didn't know how to properly clean my brushes. I didn't know how to take care of my brush. So I spent a lot of money and that's probably my biggest thing is don't buy the expensive stuff. If you're first getting into it, don't buy the expensive stuff because yeah. you're going to trash it and that's okay. It's meant to be trashed Buy whatever you can afford and buy the cheapest stuff. Like now I go to either Ross or I go, I go to Walmart and buy the value pack brushes. Cause I don't care. I'm, I do very little painting nowadays. And if I, right. if I'm going to do some painting, I want to be rough and it's going to be like a one and done deal. And I can just scrap it, scrap the brushes, you know? I think that rule applies too to a lot of things like toy photography, as well as dial making or customizing. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people feel that in order to be good at this, I'm going to have to invest a lot of money into something yeah. that supports it. So whether it's, going out and just buying a 3d printer without having any experience 
Yeah. Or like to your point, buying the most expensive brushes I can find. That's going to make my paint better. Yeah. Or, you know, like I, I've said before on toy photography, go out and buying all these loom cubes when you've never taken a shop before. Yeah. You know, and if, if you don't know how to use it properly, yeah, it's going to look maybe budget style when you're done, just because you don't have the experience to utilize. I, I feel like the, the stuff that's more expensive, that's like pro level. Right. That's like expert level. You know, like right. you shouldn't really be buying this unless you've got a lot of experience and you feel like, okay, I need a better brush because I'm getting to that point uh -huh. where I should be upgrading, you know? Um, so I think that's a great suggestion is just don't, you know, it's like for beginners, don't go out and buy the most expensive stuff because you're probably going to be disappointed and, you know, you might not clean your brush properly and you're going to throw yeah. it away. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and setting yourself like benchmarks, not necessarily a timeline because you shouldn't really rush yourself and in, in telling yourself, Hey, in 30 days, I need to be like taking commissions and 30, you know, really ask yourself when I first started making dials one, I never thought I would end up just making one thing, which right now is just arcades. Never would have mm -hmm. never figured. And especially not for this long. <laughs> and two, I would have never thought I'd be making dials and actually selling them. When I first started, I was making only dials just because that's what was missing from my toy photography. I was just doing it for myself. Yeah. That was, that was my first and has always been my only motivation. It's like, I'm going to do this because I, this is what I feel like I'm missing. But then as I started becoming a little bit better at it and again, asking for that feedback, like, Hey, how do you do this? How, you know, and looking yeah. for that, for that help. And then once I received it, um, putting it back out there and getting a really good response from the community, and then people were, were, would reach out to me. And that's how I met one of my good friends. He was like, hey, can you make me this? And I was like, whoa, this guy wants me to make something. I'm like, okay, made it made it for him. And then he kept coming back. And he was like my first customer. And now he's like one of my really good friends. And he bought, he was buying everything. He was like asking me to make, made him a science lab. And then it was like a two-story building and then a three-story building. And like, it was just getting larger and larger. And it was really pushing my envelope to acquire more skills. But then that's when you start making like this goal. You're like, okay, I like what I'm doing. I've, I started doing it for making dials for him. And then I started acquiring more uh, individuals or more clients. And that's when you start to look like, okay, how can I uh, harness this skill that I've now started to like sharpen? How can I make it better? That's when I think you take the right step into looking for the right tools. So like a yeah. wire cutter, like I got a Proxon cutter probably maybe a year after doing dials. And that was like a solid of like just commission after commission because Right. I was like, I need to get cleaner cuts and I want my work to be that much more polished. And mm -hmm. again, it's not that the a wire cutter is like, oh, that's it. I've made it. It's just another arsenal in your tool belt. Like that's just one tool. You still have to rely on your exacto uh, blade or you still have to rely on other tools that are very manual. But once I got that Proxon tool, I was like, I knew the end goal eventually would be like, I need to get CNC one day. I don't know when, but I'm going to get a CNC. And then it was like, oh, and before I get that, like level five is a 3D printer. <laughs> you know, then it's going to be a resin. You know, so it was like I, yeah, I yeah. started adding all these levels. But it was funny because before I got my 3D printer, I was already thinking, oh, I'm going to get my 3D printer. Then everything's going to be easy. I'm going to make everything. I'm going to 3D print head cast. I'm going to 3D print backpacks. I'm going to 3D print height. Like, I'm going to do it all. Like, that's it. I'm going to be a one-stop yeah. toy shop. It's, an, it's the answer to all your problems. That's it. Like, one, 3D printer is going to do all the work for me. I'm going to sit back and all the cash <laughs> is going to flow. And it's yeah. obviously it's not like that. It's a fantasy. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it makes sense too. Cause this is only, you know, it started as a hobby, but it ended up into like a business for you, yeah. you know, like a side business. Obviously yeah. you have a full-time job, Yeah. but um, you know, you're acquiring those machines also to probably increase your speed and your production, you right. know, so that 
like you're talking about, if you're making, I don't know, 50 arcades by hand in a month, I don't, I don't know if that's a reasonable yeah, number. That's but about, yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a CNC or something that's going to help you do those cuts, that's a lot of just manual cutting. Yeah. And after a while, you might start to get tired and your work starts to have some issues. Yeah. And, you know, you're just trying to keep up with that production and meet those deadlines that you've set for yourself. So that's another thing, too. Like maybe don't look at a CNC unless you feel like I need that extra production for right. whatever reason. Yeah. You know, because I feel like a CNC is pretty advanced level. Oh, yeah. You know, tool and, to be getting. And it was it was funny because the. When I first started and I noticed that the shift went from dial to only arcade making, the tools I was using, it was still a lot of manual process. Like I had a scroll saw, which I still had to maneuver and navigate the piece of wood. I still had to do a lot of sanding. And now the sanding is very minimal. But that took, I mean, I did the scroll saw for like, I want to say like two years where it's, it was all on me, like to, to make yeah. sure that the cut, oh my man, it was. Talk about stress. When I look back at it, it was tiresome. And then hand painting a lot of it, which some of it I still do now, but it's different. It's it's in a whole different level where I'm printing out, I'm painting, I'm hand painting like the knobs on the joysticks that are resin printed, mm-hmm. um, or I'm painting the buttons that are resin printed. But it's day and night. I I still have one of my first arcades that I make, and I look at it, what I make now, and I'm like, man, it's day and night. Like, it's a complete polished. Uh, process now but it's taking steps mm-hmm. and i think for those beginners that are first and they look at like high school creations a great dial builder mario he does awesome dial pieces um any uh anything posable anything possible man noah posable. he he posable he does phenomenal work but i think those are should be like okay i eventually want to get to that level i want like that's mm-hmm. that's a goal right um use them as motivation instead of like oh i'm gonna take business away from them or you know always look at it with abundance again like you should look at them as motivation because at one point everyone was a, was a novice everyone struggled yeah. um and i think mm-hmm. the only the only way i'm at where i'm at was because people before me helped out and gave me that hand and said hey you should look at this the proxon that was passed on by somebody i can't even remember now where they reached out and they're like hey this is what i use it's going to help with your cuts and i was like great awesome I use it now. I don't probably use it as much as I used to because now I've replaced it with other tools. But yeah, 3D printers, and, I think that's a... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you know, you're talking about everybody that's in the community. There's an abundance of resource mm-hmm. in the Instagram community oh, yeah. alone, the toy community. Yeah. Or not even Instagram, you know, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. whatever, you, whatever you prefer from a social media standpoint. But, you know, rather than feeling like you're alone... And you have to figure it out. And obviously, you're, it's going to take some self-studying and researching articles online, looking at YouTube. Yeah. But there's just so many people out there that could probably assist in that process that maybe we didn't have 10 years ago. Right. You know, yeah. that now uh, people coming in can just, you know, pick your brain or DM Mario and say, hey, how, how the hell did you do that? Like, where, yeah. do, where do I even start? Yeah. And, and a lot of it's uh, like experimenting, trial and error, and just really being patient. Because I know there's been times where... Like I used to do these, <coughs> I used to do these barrels all the time and it was crazy. And that's the thing. Like we go, I, I feel like customers, we go through phases where I was making these oil container barrels for a minute. And then that's all I was making for the longest time. I, I was just stuck. I could not get away from that. And I started experimenting with just random stuff. I think just because out of, I, I don't want to say boredom, but I was like, oh, what else, how else can I make this different? Because I don't want to mm-hmm. be 
just I don't want to keep producing the same thing. And I remember I started using tea bags and I was drink I was like sipping some like pomegranate tea or something. I took out the tea bag and I dropped it on the oil barrel and I just let it sit there. And I was like, all right, I was done. I was done for the night. And I was like done with my tea, whatever. Dropped the tea bag on there, had you know, went to bed. Woke up the next morning and the tea bag was uh dried all over the oil barrel. But when I removed it, because it was a pomegranate tea, it left like this huh. red residue all over the oil barrel. And then the oil barrel was I had painted it yellow. And I was like, "Wow, that looks like it's like corroded." I'm all that that came oh, out wow. kind of, kind of cool. cool. So then I started dry brushing it with like this really neon green paint that I had left over from like one of my kids' art project. And the next thing you know, it looked like radioactive. And I was like, "Whoa!" With the hmm. with the tea bag and the neon green paint, like I was cool. And I showed one of my buddies, and he was like, "Dude, can you make me something like those for my TMNT?" Like I have a dye. And I was like, "Yeah, made some of those." And then for a minute, that took off. And, and then I got a lot of DMs like, hey, how'd you make, how, where's that red? I'm like, it's that, it's this type of tea brand. It's pomegranate like, tea It's bag. pomegranate. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That was, and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. So then I that's started messing crazy. around with, I was like drinking tea all the time and getting different types of like fruits and flavors and just dunking them. And some were, <laughs> and others didn't like, you know, and that those, that's one of those types where you just, you're kind of bored. You, you throw something out there and it yeah. works. Um, just kind of like a happy accident you're like yeah and that that was really cool that effect i was like wow and and i still have some of those when i go back and i look at those i'm like damn i can't believe that's like and it's it still holds up like i sprayed it with some lacquer to to just kind of steal it but it's crazy how how it free it just turned out i was i was kind of blown away that's i think a lot of that is probably (laughs) the discovery too like where you didn't really intend to have the tea bag as part of your coloring process but that probably opened your mind to other things You're like, man, I could use this or I could try yeah. to use that. Like not just yeah. paint, not just things that are made for what you're doing. You could use yeah. other materials. And you see that sometimes with dial makers where they'll, you know, they'll sprinkle a little something on their dial or they're actually yeah. use sand as texturing and then right. paint over that or something yeah. like that. And so like, that's you really know, coffee, cool. <clears throat> dipping coffee, stuff in yeah, coffee, you know, one. dipping stuff uh-huh. in coffee always gives it like that old age look. I mean, there's so many oh, like that's cool. <clears throat> simple basic tricks where, you get to learn that. And then even some happy mistakes, like I've going through learning how to make dials. I was using all the wrong type of adhesives to begin with. I was using crazy glue. I was using other type of glue, but then some of those adhesives gives you a certain texture on that foam because it eats it up. Like I remember one time I was like, Oh, I'm going to spray paint this. And the spray paint ate away at the foam. <clears throat> well, one, another friend had commissioned me to make him a bat cave and I used like some adhesive, some crazy glue and some spray paint to kind of make it like it was eaten uh, away, but it, the texture yeah. was like really, really great. And going back and painting it and, and kind of just shaping it with, with uh, <clears throat> a foam cutter. It like, it gave me the end result, but it's like using different type of things that you normally wouldn't think of using that, that really brought it all together. So I think a lot of it is just figuring out what, what steps you want to take, and having like a like a big picture plan first, and I think mm-hmm. that's what that's really what's going to lay it all out for you. And of course, acquiring those tools makes it easy. But like you know, yeah. what I was going to say was with the 3D printer is once I did get it, I was like, cool, I'm going to turn it on, and then now it's going to print a bunch of stuff for me. But there's a well, huge learning curve. Like it's massive. It's really depending on the machine. It's massive. There's so many materials out there, and yeah, you know, and we're not going to have time to cover them all. But the learning you, that's the thing that I wasn't ready for is the learning curve and to be patient with yourself. You get yeah, yourself a 3D right. printer. I think now it's a whole lot easier, but I mean, I bought my first 3D printer, I think maybe like four years ago. And it took me 
two year not two years stupid two days <laughs> to get two years two days like damn that's it. a long time that's a long ass time huh and well i just leveled it yesterday no it took me two days to level it because i was so so in a rush like i i assembled it like one it was super late i assembled it and i was like all right i gotta level it and i was like let i'm like okay and it wouldn't print and like the next mm. day i leveled it again and it wouldn't print and it, it then come to find out like there was so much to it like i didn't tighten this screw then i didn't tighten that screw and it's and then knowing that just me and this brand did not work. And I'm like, it gave me so many issues. I took it apart. But it's just the learning curve of just knowing like the upgrades, knowing that there's so much that comes with the 3D printer. And it even comes down to like where you're printing, if you're printing inside or if you're printing somewhere in your, you know, outside in your garage where it's really cold, that can affect the printer. Mm -hmm. um, being aware of the type of materials you're choosing to print too. And then, you know, accessing files. There's a bunch of free files out there. I think a lot of us, when we first get 3D printers, we think we're going to be the next customizers. I'm going to go on Thingiverse and download all this stuff, and then I'm just going to sell it. Like, I'm going to be... Yeah. That, there, there's uh, etiquette to it. You know, you want to have... Uh, you want to be able to put your stamp behind anything that you throw out there. Like, hey, I worked on this. And that was another learning curve of just learning how to model what softwares. Um, mm -hmm. There's a ton of softwares, and I'm no expert, but some of the ones that have really helped... Uh, it's been a lot of videos on YouTube of just knowing what's what's doable. And a lot of individuals out there really help. And, you know, like, shout out to Grime City. He's always reaching out to me. He's like, hey, you should try this app. And him and I, we have a really great uh, uh, relationship, whether it's professional or or personal. But he's always giving me tips. He's always encouraging me. We're it's both cool. always encouraging each other. Um, so it's things like that where the community comes together. And, you know, he gives me tips on like, hey, you should you should try this out. And if you need help, I'm here to help you out. Cause there's so many mm -hmm. apps and he does great stuff. So, and that's where I kind of want to like, this year is the challenge for me to where I want to design even more of my own stuff. You know, a lot, a lot of times some of that help, that's how it's helped me design some of the buttons and the joysticks that I do now, where mm -hmm. those are things where I sat down and I kind of looked at the machine. I cause I have a, a, a one up arcade at home in my garage. And I looked, I'm like, okay, this is how the buttons look. I want to have something mm -hmm. realistic. And now you can see like the buttons I, that come with my arcades, they look like actual. I've taken some buttons and shrinked them, right. you know. But I designed those. I designed those in a, in, a, in a software. So it's that type of learning curve where learning that type of software and then getting knowing that oh, a three D printer that does PLA isn't going to be able to print that type of uh, detail. Yeah. Then you need a resin, and yeah. that's when I was like, the t the type of stuff I want, I need a resin printer. And resin yeah. printing, it is so freaking messy, especially if you're a messy person. I'm a messy like you. I like. <laughs> I'm like Carl's Jr. Like if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong. <laughs> I get it all over. Like it's man. Uh, so it's great. Resin printing for me, it's but, a challenge because I'm not, I'm not a clean, I'm not like Mario. I can't be resin printing in the kitchen. It's going to get everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, your wife wouldn't allow that either. Um, I think this is benefits maybe of being a single guy like Mario, but I, I, the, the 3d printing, uh, you touched yeah. on some stuff that is like, um, I think just these misconceptions about what it really is. Right you know, and what it can really do for you. Yeah. Um, and I had the same misconception, like, oh, I can just print something that looks like this. Yeah. My wife, um, you know, she loves like little things. Yeah. Like little props, stuff like yeah. that. So she'll find little things online. And she's like, you know, I've got, just as an example, I've got like a Gomez yeah. hoverboard. I know this wasn't 3D printed. Okay. Yeah. This is made by Mezco. Yeah. As an example, though, my wife right. pulls up a picture on her phone and she's like, hey, we want to, I want to get a 3D printer and make these. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so 
you know it doesn't come out like that, right? Yeah. And she's like, no, no, no it does. You know, she's looking at like little uh, chip bags or like yeah. little uh, drinks or something that yeah. are all colored and they're painted. And yeah, I'm like, honey, you have got to, yeah. first of all, I don't think you can print that entire thing like that. You're going to have to maybe print it in pieces and glue yeah. it together. Yeah. And then you're gonna have to paint it. And she's like, no, 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 that's not what they're doing. I'm like, I yeah. guarantee it. You DM them. <laughs> they print that in like a gray color or whatever yeah. resin color. You know, usually I see that it's gray. Yeah. Uh, my brother has a printer. I think he has a PLA that I don't think he has a yeah. resin. Um, but there's just this misconception of like, I can make this stuff that's on Etsy. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, I can make it look just like that. No, no, no. Yeah. You're gonna have to have painting skill. You're gonna have to know how to kind of piece that thing together. Maybe be, you know, I don't even know if something like this you'd have to glue together, but it's just yeah. not like you're oh, yeah. like you're saying, like when you started, it was way more than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have this, you know, un, you know, unfortunately, like a misconception about what 3D printing is oh, yeah. actually and how much work it's really going to take you to get what you want. Yeah. And, you and I think right off the bat, it's a lot of it is a lot of like. Um, I would be just don't. Like for me, I set the bar too high. I was like expecting it to just make things easier. And it it, it wasn't. It, again, the learning curve was there. But then in my mind, I was like, oh, I wanted to print. Um, I remember the first thing I wanted to print was a, a backpack because I, I just wanted a bunch of like backpack props and uh, uh, fire hydrant. And then when it did print, I was like, this looks like crap. Like it's not smooth. It's not what I had in my mind. And mm -hmm. then when I did, you know, further down the road, I'm like, oh, these were resin printed and they were casted. And, you know, it's like mm -hmm. this whole process where you're like, I was so way off. And then, you know, just sticking to 3D printing and one source of material is specifically PLA. There's so many other different types of 3D uh, material that you can use, but strictly PLA, that's, I think, more common for within the toy community. And we talk about layer lines. You can talk about, like, the the type of machine you have, how you, how you, yeah. how you print. Sometimes it's really smooth. And even if you get your layer lines really down to, like, a science where it's like it's smooth and you can hard, you, you hardly have any layer lines there's mm -hmm. still going to be certain layer lines depending on the model there's still going to be some layer lines and then there's a process to that you have to like you know uh sometimes add wood filler or sanding or some type of mm -hmm. fill some type of primer to it so that if you want to like i printed this um eagles uh empire state building guard like eagle head it's it's pretty yeah. massive i printed it i don't know like three three four years ago and I watched this video on this guy, how he made it look like it was metallic. And I was like, oh, he used a bunch of wood filler. He sanded it, painted it, and then sanded it again. And it was like a pro. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, nope. It, it took, it was like several steps in order to get it yeah. shiny. So that's what I did. It I, to look like that. Yeah. yeah. I, and then he had to put uh, wood filler on certain areas where the machine just couldn't do it. So I did the same thing. Wood filler, sprayed it, sanded it wood filler like over and over and then finally i took like this aluminum spray paint i sprayed painted it and then it was smooth it was like shiny smooth and i was like holy moly but it took it almost took me like a week because then i had to lay it dry and i think that's the part where when you think you have a 3d printer you're like it's gonna come out shiny or it's gonna come out smooth and i'm just gonna paint it mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not always like that there's, the there's a bunch yeah. of different steps um and even with resin like the supports learning the where to place supports it is very crucial if you can understand how to place the supports and it's like, and you have, you have your machine figured out down to a science where, you know, some resins work really well. I've had other resins that they just don't work for me. I don't know. I get like a bad batch. I don't, I stick to what works for me. I don't try a whole lot of different resins. Um, 
and then just like the exposure, like there's so much to it. Exposure time, um, yes. the model, all that, all that stuff. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. I want to ask you about the supports. So like, I, I see that a lot. So like, for instance, going back to this example, you have like yeah. all these supports that are kind of coming down, Yeah. you know, cause I, it needs something to sit on right. as right. it's making it. Yeah. But you, you, you're saying that you have to figure out where those supports go. Yes. Um, the, there are certain softwares that can do it automatically. And they oh, do okay. like a, okay. a, a pretty good job, but then you have to learn not a hundred percent rely on them because sometimes they a lot of times sometimes your print will fail because the support isn't in the right spot or oh. um the depending on the software it probably puts too much support and then there's different types like you can have really thick supports you can have it really go into the model or you can put really light support so that way when you snap it off it doesn't leave an imprint because sometimes it'll leave like dimples on the on the model. So you want it to be oh, nice yeah, and smooth. Yeah. That will require you to sand it and then sand it. You might lose detail depending on, again on the model. And that's what I first started learning when I made my transition from PLA printing to like resin printing. The support learning curve was massive because I had to look for islands. I had to look for how deep I wanted my supports to go. And then the mm. different type of supports. There, there's like a sphere support. You can have medium. You can have strong, heavy or you can have light supports. Um, and then a combination of all three really work best for, again, the type of model. And luckily, mm -hmm. like I haven't printed or I haven't had the need to print something massive. A lot of my stuff is really, really tiny. Or it's just usually like a head sculpt. But even just learning that, learning how to navigate the model. And, you know, sometimes you have to use other programs to fix that model. I've some, sometimes I've gotten models and they're not completed or there's 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 holes in them that if you do print them, it's going to come out as a fail or it's going to come out printed incorrectly, you know? So a lot of times it's, right. it's learning, okay, I got this model that I bought off somebody or I bought off a site or, or whatever it is. I got a commission and they didn't, they didn't complete it. Now, how do I fix it? That's something else, you know, going to that or creating your own model and then having that being able to be printed correctly. That's, that's a learning curve. So that aside, that could be like a whole, a whole, a whole, um, goal right there just learning how to create yeah. your models it, it's crazy there's a lot that goes into yeah it. A there, lot there's more so much think about that's why those um, people that do it i like i give them so much credit because there's more yeah, than just like oh he oh head cast or you didn't do that great or the head cast is too small i'm like there's so much more to just one learning the skill that, that takes a mm -hmm. lot i've tried mm -hmm. to like learn certain applications like zbrush and stuff and it's frustrating especially like when you're impatient with yourself, when you have a certain time, like, I'm like, ah, I need to be at this level and I'm not getting there. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I give up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And then I know that you can buy templates too, right? So like, yeah, but that's the thing. You're spending money on templates. So if yeah. you don't want to have to learn the right. modeling aspect of it, which eventually I think you probably should. Yeah. Then you can buy the templates, which has a lot of that figured out, but that sort of takes the fun out of it. I think, you know, you're mm -hmm. not really creating something for yourself you're creating somebody else's design which yeah sometimes can be great you know it works um especially if you're paying somebody for that that's kind of what that's for yeah uh, but i think there's also people that maybe just want to create their own thing and um so when you were creating those those crates <laughs> that you did were that uh -huh. was that pla or was that resin um th that was pla okay the wooden crates yeah 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 that was and, and that was the thing too having both I did a run with PLA and resin. Uh, one of my resin machines was able to print faster, but they were a whole lot heavier. Mm. 
Um, and then when I did hollow hollow them out, a lot of sometimes they would fail or I would need more support. So it would just it was so at the end of the day, it, it still ended up being heavier to ship and it would cost more. Um, whereas the PLA, I was able to print them a little bit faster and they were easier to uh, ship because they were much lighter. <coughs> Crazy. <clears throat> really um, interesting topic, man. Um, definitely <clears throat> something. Go ahead. I'll say the the last thing is really like even when you have like acquired and you feel like okay I'm not an expert but um more than a novice it's the maintenance on all the machines I have two yeah. two 3D printers right and I have three resin printers but it, it seems like they all talk to each other and they're like hey this week we're all gonna go on strike so let's <laughs> none of us work and then they all because the maintenance on that like that's the thing is you have to like make sure there's no clogs you have to make sure they're leveled you have to make sure you don't leave resin in there there there's no holes in your in your vat you have to make and sure that, that surface <laughs> has to be really clean right like you <clears> yeah the surface dust has on to... it cuz the dust yeah. is going to get in the mold and yeah you, you want to make sure like your your vat's clean you want to make sure that you don't leave your resin sitting out there for a while like for my cnc that everything's like lined up sometimes it'll go haywire and it'll start cutting off like just in random spots where I don't intend it to for it to cut. Um, it, if it's not, and a lot of times, if it's not one machine that acts up, it's the other one or all all three or all four of my printers decide. To, yeah, they're like, hey, today I'm gonna get clogged, and then tomorrow this guy's gonna get, and then there, and then I don't understand why they're getting clogged, and I'm like, oh, and then I have to reach out and I reach out to support, <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's because this thing it overheated, and and. and I've had those type of conversations with the manufacturers, which have been really good. All most of my all my machines are AnyCubic, and I reached out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's because this burnt out, so it's causing your extruder to like not heat up." And mm -hmm. I learned that, and I had to take it apart. And so there's so much there's so much to it. Where when it comes to the maintenance, it's just really trying to stay on top of that. And I think that's that's a learning curve in itself. So it really takes some. You gotta have some passion. Yeah, do it. yeah, you, you know, do. It's like don't just do it if you're like a casual. Like, eh, it's easy it to get. You know, you can easily get frustrated and give up on it. Yeah, and just throw away a three hundred dollar machine. Oh yeah, um, easy. So for like a beginner three D printer, would you say AnyCubic is a good brand? I felt like if I would have started out with AnyCubic, I probably would have been better at it than I am now. Just because okay. like the AnyCubic I got was that Mega X, and it was I was printing right out of the box. Like I think the setup was fifteen minutes. But they made it so easy that okay. I took it out of the box and then boom, I was printing within 30 minutes. And the test file came out perfect. I had to make some minor tweaks on just leveling the bed. But aside from that, it wasn't as much hands-on as my previous model. Would you recommend like PLA versus resin, or does it really kind of depend on the application? I I would say depend on what is it you're trying to make and then depend on your space. Like if you're a really neat and clean person and you're able to like Okay, I keep everything organized because with resin, you're going to need gloves, you're going to need a cleanup station, you're going to need a wash station, a cure station, mm -hmm. you're going to need a bunch of more stuff other than just the printer. And then resin, resin can get pretty pricey, especially if you're printing a lot and, and you don't see it till it's done. You're like, oh, it's too small. I got to reprint it again. Um, you can go through resin pretty quick. You may think, mm -hmm. oh, it's a big bottle. I'm going to print a lot. And in no time, you're going to be done with that bottle where sometimes I think the PLA, it, may, it gives you the impression that it lasts a little bit longer. Um, but again, it depends on what you're printing because I've printed a bunch of stuff on PLA and it's really brittle, but that came down because the way I laid out the model, I didn't make it 
really thick. I made it like almost hollow. So I went to go hang something and it broke. And I'm like, oh, now I got to wait another 10 hours, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. all stuff that you've kind of learned. Like you say, you've been doing it for four years and you've learned yeah. a lot over the time. So oh, yeah. like I said before, like, you know, for people that are going to get into it, you got to have the passion for it so that you really want to learn because to Prime's point and how he's kind of walked us through it, like you're going to have a lot of failures before you probably get some success. And then you're like, yeah. okay, now I'm starting to see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, kind of oh, just yeah. perfecting your craft over time. So yeah. yep. really a great topic, man. I appreciate all your insight into that because you For definitely sure. have more experience into that than I do. Um, yeah. I buy the products. I don't make the products. <laughs> um, but it's always been something I've been interested in and it's definitely a topic we should revisit at another time maybe have a guest on at some point oh yeah for sure is an expert in that kind of stuff i'd love to kind of just go Pick a little bit brain. deeper in yeah. that topic yeah cool man well um yeah uh going into our next discussion i'm ready pre-orders there's been a lot of them lately man a lot of pre-orders some um, of our favorites some of our favorites <laughs> <laughs> specifically from mezco yeah. um so we had a actually like probably four releases within the Man. last two weeks or yeah. maybe in the last week. So you had your uh, Rumble Society Nautilus Crew Builder set. Yeah. Which I gotta okay. I gotta say one gripe is that this picture, even though it says it right here, is a little misleading to it be is. your, your leading is. picture because it, it makes is. you feel like you're getting four things, but you're only at, you know you're getting two bodies two and four heads. I thought it was for for four guys too. I was like, oh cool. I'm getting three dudes and Sunny. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Sunny. I'm, I'm, yeah. Sunny I'm right like, here. <laughs> I'm getting Sunny and his three uh, three accomplice. Yeah, that's definitely Sunny right there. Yeah. Um, and another thing I was I was wondering about is if you do have the different heads and they're all different skin color, are you getting different necks too oh. that match that skin color? I wonder oh. if they're gonna include the necks with that. I would imagine they would. Because you can kind of see it here. It looks like, oh, uh, I'll say they, may, they but, kind of have like a high collar. So I don't, maybe no, they all have yeah. no necks. Well, and there's a couple of pictures <laughs> where, um, you know, the neck, yeah, like yeah, you said, the colors are kind of hiding it. Like you're not really getting a full picture of the neck. But I know you can barely see it kind of like yeah. back here. It looks like it's a white neck on that head. Yeah. So it doesn't match. And they all have the like gloved tone. hands. So yeah, that, that's 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 a good point. I would, I'm interested to see what color their necks is. It would it would make sense if they do include the necks. It's just not something they have normally done. Oh, there you can the see that one. Oh wait, go back one, or one more. Yeah, so you can see the neck right there. It's white. Yeah, that's true. You got the white neck, but I would imagine yeah. they have to include some. And the yeah, you know, like you said, the gloves, the shoes, that kind of hides everything else. Yeah. Hmm, but, interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah. You get some other stuff in this too. Lots of accessories. I wish we could get some of these tentacles, uh, yeah. you know, tentacles that D is always using in his promo photos because it really helps sell the images. Uh, but and then another thing I think is interesting is the peg leg. Huh. Like, I wonder if they're going to give out a swappable leg. Like, are you going to yeah. get an actual boot or is it always going to be peg leg on that body? You know, I don't know. Huh. Don't, it didn't say anything really in there. I don't see anything that says that you're getting a swappable boot uh, uh, in the description, but I feel like it's probably going to be something they will include. Yeah. Like you will get some kind of swappable boot. I think so. Yeah. Because it'd be weird just to make it always peg leg, you know? Yeah. Because you're going to want to use that in something else that's not yeah. nautical related. 
Yeah. Um, so do you grab you grab the crew here? I did grab a crew. I grabbed one set of the crew. I got Sonny and his buddy. So <laughs> Sonny. Sonny's gonna appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I had a rep for, for sure. Sonny. <laughs> I loved how he posted it. And a uh, shout out to Sonny, by the way. He uh is one of the winners in the 112 contest. Yeah, that was um I was excited. I was like, come on, finally. Yeah, I always love when I see people that I know uh, get a, you know become a winner in in some of those contests. So yeah. The fact that he was able to win and his photos are always so hilarious. Yeah. So um, you know, shout out to Sunny. I'm I'm glad you won, man. I hope they. He's, I don't know what they're gonna give because I know there's one big grand prize. Yeah. But I don't know what the individual winners are getting. Yeah. If it's gonna be that that uh, space theme kind of figure that they're hinting at. Yeah. The other one is the Wave Rider and Captain Nemo expansion pack. That looked really cool. I didn't. Looks get really it. cool. Yeah, it's definitely going real deep in the Nemo line. Yeah, and there's just not a whole lot. I feel like I might be able to use for this outside yeah. of Nemo. Yeah. So it's very specific to that. Like I didn't get it, but I think it's cool. You get some extra accessories here. Uh, definitely a cool release. I think it came with like two ex two head sculpts and like a vest or something, right? Yeah, you get the Nemo head sculpts. That's, and that's what, I mean, I like the Wave Rider, but I was like, man, like those two other accessories, those are really cool, but I'm like, I'm not going to need, like, I'm not going to have them parading on the Wave Rider the whole time. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just the vest and the Maybe goggles. it's just the vest. Yeah, I think in the okay. in the crew pack, you get the extra heads. And then there's oh, okay. the other one that we're going to talk about, which okay. does have extra heads too. Um, but yeah, then we've got the new Conan. Yeah. Conan the Conqueror version, uh, which... Pretty cool. I mean, that was one that a lot of people missed out on. Is yeah. this Conan? Yeah. So the fact they're bringing him back and at a reasonable price, you know, it's a Mexico yeah. exclusive. It's one twelve. The original release was only ninety. It was ninety, so it's a little bit different. But they mean they they really packed in a bunch of extra shit they did. into this release to justify that extra twenty two dollars. Yeah. I feel like they did two two different cloaks: the fur one and then the all black one. Yeah, the fur cloak, the all black cool. one, you get, I think, two different belts. Yeah. You get the different the uh, weapons. Yeah. You get the extra head sculpt, the tunic, uh, the different necklaces. See, there's the other belt. Yep. Um, what else? What else? Yeah, you get the little cloak, like you said. All the weapons, the shield, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, different weapons <laughs> and a different shield than the original Conan, because the shield that I have for Conan is more gray color. Yeah. And this is a straight blade and not a curved blade like that. Yeah. So it seems to be all new for the most part, except for obviously the buck of Conan. It's the same. Yeah. Oh, I was so excited for this. I jumped on it right away. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Because I know you would. You were really pissed that you missed out uh, on yeah, the original Conan. Really be, not, I mean, Conan's cool, but it's the Frank Frazetta art. It, I want that yeah. fire, the the character from the Fire and Ice, the guy with the, wearing like the lion or the panther head. Uh, mm -hmm. That's And I'm like, now I need to find someone to make me that head sculpt. Of the dude from the main dude from Fire and Ice, because um, mm. it'd be perfect. Just take off Conan's head and put that dude's head sculpt on there, and that'd be awesome. Well, I think this might be a sign of also more to come from Frazetta. You know, oh, we've already amazing, got dude. yeah, we've already got the two Conans. We have Death Dealer, yeah. which uh, was uh, went up for Pritter a long time ago. Give me but a Frank Frazetta think, female. That's all I want. Oh man, that would be cool. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, um, for them to do that. Mm -hmm. waifu that's gonna end up in the waifu oh, channel i need a, a blonde and a brunette like let's go <laughs> Give me a shout out to the toying around discord uh <laughs> if you like that kind of stuff you need to get in the waifu channel 
but yeah, that's cool. And then last but not least, uh, what else did we get? We got, what was it at? The, yeah. The Slugfest Barbarian Booster Kit, which is an expansion pack basically for Conan, kind of like how they did it for the Gotham by Gaslight Batman. Mm -hmm. They had sort of that expansion pack. Um, I like how it's got the blood effects, the mace, the two different mace here, or clubs, I should say. Mm -hmm. This head sculpt uh, looks familiar. I think it's the same yeah. one they included in the tectonic bends. Yep. But it's actually colored. And um, and then yeah. this one, I think, is one of the Nemo crew heads. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, the head sculpts didn't really do it for me. The accessories yeah. and that this stuff, the soft goods did it. But I was like, 40 bucks. It's not, the price isn't bad. But I was just like, no. uh, I don't know, like... That means I would have to get another Conan. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be doing all that swapping. I just passed. Yeah, I did too. Um, it's definitely cool. I can see yeah. a lot of people getting into it. I like the blood yeah. effects. That's probably the thing mm -hmm. I would use the most out of this. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just $40 isn't a bad price, but I think no, that Victorian not. one was like 25 So it seems like a fairly big <laughs> price hike between the two. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, I know we're talking about a lot of pre-orders this week, uh, but Ooh. we got the uh, uh, Four Horsemen Man. Mythic Legions reinforcements. And based on our prior conversation, it sounds like you got some of these. Freaking. Right? I was cursing your name. while I, was, I, I So I got two. I did jump in. <laughs> game my first. Fairly, I got the Templar Knight and the uh, Black Knight. Nice. So got those two. Yeah. Both I'm great excited. releases. Both they of them look are freaking awesome. He reminds me of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And I was like, I, yeah, he, I, was... he needs a bad guy. He needs a bad guy. So I'm going to get the Black Knight and let's, let's see what I can do with them. And the cool thing about a lot of these legions is that they all have swappable parts. So nice. you can really take off everything. You can take off their arms, the, the chest piece, the belts, yeah. the little, yeah. you know, the thing that, uh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what that's called, but you can take yeah. that off. Legs. Take it all off. Feet. Yeah, you yeah. Can take everything off. It's all like really swappable. That's one thing that the dork layer is awesome about is he swaps a lot of his stuff. Yeah. There's just so much possibility. Yeah, I'm um, excited. So I'm, I, if I was on uh, enablers, I'd be getting points right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm right, man, I was like, freaking Nate. That's it. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, I grabbed a few as well. I grabbed uh, quite a lot of these. Um, definitely really excited for it. And I'm just getting more in the Legion. I mean, they're, they're nice. great figures, just lots of part swap potential, lots of customization. Um, so I'm excited to see what you think. And I think yeah. you might be getting your order a little earlier than me, which I'm <laughs> somewhat jealous about. Uh, all right, Plastic Confessions. All right. Uh, I think you went first last week, so I'm going to go yeah. first this week. Ladies, ladies first. <laughs> what an asshole. So, uh, yeah, back during Christmas, HLJ was doing this like 25% off shipping. Uh-huh. But it was only EMS shipping. Oh. And I thought I was like, EMS, oh, that'll be quick. Dude, the thing took like four, four to five weeks to show up. Because yeah. I placed this order probably two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. So it's been at least six weeks for them to actually show up. But finally got it. Uh the Dark Knight Returns two pack. Nice. With Carrie Kelly in the yeah. uh yeah, the uh, Batman. Yeah. That's awesome. I really got it for the Carrie Kelly because yeah, I just I mean, I love the Batmans. Don't get me yeah, wrong; these he's, are great. He's a good uh, but the Carrie Kelly, like you're never going to see no. this figure again. I don't see uh, Mezco making this. <laughs> I don't, and maybe at some point we'll see some. Like, I mean, not Mayfix, but uh, yeah, Gucci <laughs> gang. Yeah, Gucci. Yeah, but or SHX. you know, I, I would rather take 
this this yeah, version. It's really it, just, good. it comes with a lot of great stuff. I like the unmasked heads. She's got her slingshots. She's got an additional head head sculpt. Really, really cool set. And then uh, I have this sitting in my pile of loot, but I got the uh, Mayfix Hush Joker as well. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Just as a more yeah. comic Joker. I love the yeah. Hush stuff that they're doing for Mayfix. So, yeah, uh, yeah those awesome. are cool. I got Mayfix Heavy Week. Nice. Yeah. What did you get? Well, I went, did a little hunting. Not really hunting. It's popped into my target. And they had the new Retro Wave, but all they had was uh, Hammerhead. So I was like, mm. oh, I missed out on the Black Suit Spidey. I missed bunch of hammerheads um but NECA was restocked and they had like the TMNT in disguise they had a bunch of oh, older wow. NECA stuff um I, I ended up picking up a scorpion alien nice those scorpion aliens are sweet look at all the um, the detail in the sculpt and the coloring too and it, yeah he's right I used to have the Kenner one as a kid and I mean these haven't came out for a while so every I, I would see them every once in a while and the only other time I've seen them was I like, got toy shows where they're like they're double the price, and I'm like, mm -hmm. damn, I really need to pick one up when I see it at retail, just because it's they're not that common to find, especially yeah. like at Target. And that was this was the second time I've seen them, and it's all it's always just one, and I was like, I'm just gonna pick it up. I've been every time I say I, I'm gonna see another one, I'll, I'll pick it up, and I never do. <laughs> I saw them and I picked it up. Um, I have the gorilla alien one, and then the scorpion was just the one I, I was missing. Just because I used to have the Kenner ones, so I'm pumped to open that one up. Uh, the next one I got was the Bruce Richman. Oh, nice! I got this from a VC VCS toy box. Damn, he looks expensive. Yeah, he looks. Uh, <laughs> he looks he rich. rich man, so he's rich. I love that. I love how he has the "I'm rich" game <laughs> with the money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of sad that I did not pick that up. I took a sneak I pick. I took a sneak peek at, at, at him because I'm going to open him up fully on the enablers, which uh, by nice. time this I'm airs, fourth. It, yeah, it'll be coming up soon. Or the third, sorry. Yeah, the third. Um, but the head scope on him, whew, they they killed it. Like he looks, really? yeah, it looks really. And that's really third good. party too, so that's yeah, that's a good it's sign. Crazy. I showed my wife. I'm like, look. She's like, is that Ben Affleck? I'm like, yeah. She's like, it looks really good. So she was yeah. impressed. I was like, yeah, I can't wait to pop him out. You sent me a picture of it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked, it looked really I mean, it looked better than I expected. It's kind of like <laughs> I was surprised. Reminds me of that Logan that you got. Um, <laughs> yeah. And with the Logan, know, it's just the... he's like he's a little too tan in person. He looks a little too dark. Oh, okay. But uh this one, okay. the skin color is man, it's on point. Nice. It looks good. Yeah, and it comes yeah. with a really nice tailored suit and the yeah. jacket. And yeah, it oh. looks it looks high quality, man. Yeah, I just like took him out of the box, like, ooh, and then I put him back in. Put him right back in. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I I'm sure other enablers do that too, where they're like, they "Oh, do. let me look at it." They okay, do. put it back in the box. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you saying that you don't do that, you're lying. Some unbox and rebox. Some unbox and rebox right on the show. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put it right back in. Uh, cool. <coughs> Classic confessions. Uh, Nasty Nate's dirty trick for the week. Um, this one's gonna be. Uh, so I did a challenge with Scott Blind recently. I actually, just, I think I just posted it, but. Um, but one thing I've talked about as I'm getting into legions, I've had yeah. some kind of mental block about what to do with a background. So yeah. uh, I did this challenge called no dial, no problem. And it's really just not worrying about the dial. Cause yeah. I feel like a lot of the times the background is one of the harder pieces to figure out, you know, I can get the pose, I can get the lighting the way I want, but how am I going to fill out this background to make it look like a believable scene? 
So um, instead of worrying about that with the legions, I just took the background away. I'm like, let me just yeah. use color. So yeah. I used a black background and just saturated it in red light uh, to do that that Arathir shot. Uh, so it looks like you know the fire is making kind of the redness behind him. Yeah. But for anybody that's like having a hard time or doesn't have a dial, like don't don't worry about it. Just go back to the basics. And it really made me think about okay, I'm just gonna focus on light really. Yeah. I'm getting the light the way I want it. Um, so yeah, if you guys are having issues with like getting a shot or if you don't have a lot of pieces for dials, you don't really need them. You know, if you look at, um, one of the famous accounts that rarely uses dials, he does sometimes, but his shots are just always phenomenal is Mr. Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. he doesn't really use dials very often. If you look right. at a lot of his work, he's got very just vanilla backgrounds, but his yeah. work is outstanding. Right. Because he yeah. makes he makes the figure like the central focus of the shot and just really getting the lighting perfect. So I did that for that shot. I think I'm going to do that for a few others just to kind of switch yeah, it up. Yeah, better. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, but it definitely got me a bit more comfortable with legions. And if you guys are struggling with it, just take the dial away. Get mm -hmm. like a black poster board background. Get some lamps that have colored bulbs and just that that's your color for the background. Just make it color and then make your figure like the central focus. It really helped me out. Um, last, but certainly not least, let me just make sure I've got his account up before I talk about him. Um, we're going to talk about the figure aficionado for the week. Here we go. This one actually comes from, and thank you guys for listening. When we ask you about this stuff, um, it actually comes from our last, uh, figure aficionado, Brad nice. Toyologist. He said, Hey, uh, really appreciated the shout out. Thank you, Rad, for all the kind words that you said, by the way. Um, but he said, I heard you guys say that you needed more opinions. So I've got a couple of guys that I want you to look at. Nice. Sure enough, uh, it's, it. it's fire. So let me, uh, let me pull up this guy's account. That's awesome. So our figure aficionado for the week is Ken win picks underscore toys. Um, and he does some incredible work, like really, really incredible stuff. Like, uh, this Nemo shot. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah insane uh you got this shot here with conan and i think this is a mythic legions i'm not entirely sure what that's from but just the background and his his ability to get light and the coloring and just how he builds the scene he's really good about doing some bts as well where you can kind of like really uh get into the specifics of what he's doing with the shots but it, it reminds me a lot of like uh jason b michael the way he's yeah. building these scenes like this yeah um but just really Super elaborate work oh yeah yeah that's awesome very elaborate um he's got like this uh plastic baller shot with swamp thing mj's yeah. doing like a that's so freaking uh, cool. juke move on him it's, yeah it's awesome he's got some great work and just a guy that you feel like um you know this guy deserves more of a following I oh yeah say, for sure for the level of work that he's doing because I, I there's some things like in here i'm like man i wish i could do this kind of stuff yeah you know, like, I don't know half of what he's doing, That's uh, so but cool. it always just comes out really, really nice. <sighs> um, yeah, I love that. That mystery. This one's badass. Oh, this man. prowler chasing down miles. And then I really yeah, like straight um, out of the movie. Yeah, it looks That's killer. That is killer this work. Mr. Miyagi with all the TMNT hanging around. <laughs> it's such a cool idea. But yeah, uh, shout out to you, man. At Ken Win picks underscore toys you are killing it dude keep up the good awesome work. job I'm loving it yeah um yeah you gained yourself a couple of new followers this week with me and the figure but for sure for sure 
And thank that's you awesome. to a rad toyologist for the suggestion. Yeah, that. that's an awesome that. freaking recommendation. That's what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, for anybody about. else listening, man, uh, give us some suggestions. He gave me actually a couple more names, so maybe I'll use those for the next few weeks. But if you guys have people that you think need to be recognized or need more followers or just need some recognition yeah, for, sure. uh, for their work, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Uh, we're all about those opinions. So That's it. Yep, that's it. Yeah. That's awesome. And that brings us to another end of the figure booth. Uh, you guys have been hopefully sticking around, giving us a lot of feedback. We love that support you guys are showing us, sharing it on your guys' story, letting everybody know to check out our episode. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you comment down below. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Hey, we're, we're, we're going to take it in all in. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under Prime to the First. Yeah, and uh, just... Uh, you know, kind of what Prime said, uh, tell us what you like about this episode. And we're going to revisit this topic probably again in the future. So yep. let us know from a customizer or a dial building world, what things do you guys want to learn more about? Maybe we can get a special guest on to help us that might know a bit more about that. Yep. Um, definitely something I think we want to dive a bit more into. We talk a lot about toy photography, but Prime, you know, he does a lot of the customizing stuff too. And there's a lot of people out there that are doing that. So I want to put more attention on that too. Yeah. Uh, sure. But you can find me, uh nate at figurefan underscore nate on instagram facebook and twitter and yeah thanks a lot guys for all the love on our last episode really appreciate it yeah appreciate you guys you guys have been listening to the figure booth peace <laughs>